okay today. The content could be a little more chore for audiences, so please, ask someone before listening to this video. It's mature and may be uncomfortable for some viewers. Viewer discussion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults. Or for those who get permission. we are talking about today. We are going to look and see does this show hold up to time? What did it do? Interesting. Does this show hold up? I have so much like how they all also have cartoon intros? Yeah, that was weird. Characters. Tony Nelson. Alfred Bilo. Roger Captain, Amanda, the Blue Gin, Genie, um, Melissa Stone, Boosie, Carl Tucker, Winnerfield, uh, Dalton. It is in black and white for the first uh, couple, I think it's for like a few episodes, and then they transitioned into color, which is what happened back then. This is a really old show. Two, black and white, and calling him master, of course. Okay, I gave it a minus two for black and white and calling him master. I do not like that part. It bothered me. Plus two for being, for her being her. Flirting ways back then. Yeah, so, <laughs> poor Genie is very out of touch. If you guessed it, I'm talking about I Dream of Genie. It was hungry too, and my dog is obsessed with old TV shows. I would have been happy watching Blackish, Grownish, Misfish, Oh No Ish. Um, no, that's not a thing. Oh, um. Okay, Foster, Good Trouble. Um, I've been watching Dark Shadow. I a zombie. I've been watching All Grown Up. Yes, that's gonna be another one that I'm gonna talk about. In the pilot episode, The Genie in the Bottle. Astronaut Captain Tony Nelson, United States Air Force, is on a space flight on his one-man capsule. Stardust one comes down from the planet to cover aliens. I gave like a little description of what it was near a desert island in the South Pacific on the beach. Tony notices a strange bottle that rolls by itself. When he rubs it after removing the stopper, smoke starts shooting out and a prisoner speaking, sparkling, female genie, motorization all kisses Tony on the lips. Yeah, genie kisses Tony on the lips. Shocks him. Yeah, that would shock anyone. Like, you just randomly kissed me on the lips. That's a little weird, but okay. Like, even I would be a little... Like, Tony's, like, pretty chill. For, like, the most part. When he's working, he's not as chill, but then... When he opens it, smoke burst out and a 2,000-year-old beautiful blonde-haired girl named Jeannie 
appear, dressed in camera clothes and speaking in Persian. Okay, I wanted to know badly because at the beginning she was not speaking English. I'm like, what language are you speaking, Jean? And so I was like, I need to find out, I need to find out, and I finally found it. I'm like, yes, thank you. Uh, uh, and great both pictures. Tony and Jean finally get married at a big public wedding. Through unfortunate Jean Dirksen photographs. Tony and Jean finally get married at a big public wedding through unfortunate. Okay, so Jean was speaking Persian. My train of thought was totally different the other night. We are on episode two. I hope this gets into color. But I gave you, like, what happened at the last episode, so spoil alert. If you do not know I'm spoiling things, then, yeah. I am just used to it, but black and white isn't bad, but not my favorite way to watch TV. Yeah, black and white is a little weird for me, probably because I'm so used to colorization. But I also understand, like, more about black and white and how, like, some people can only see that. Or, like, back then, that's how they had to do it. I prefer the colorful TV, but, like I said, it wasn't horrible. But I don't really, like, watch stuff in black and white at all. They have another show that, if you want me to say, if it holds up still, and I've never seen it, so it could be a Finding Mushu Friday or this is um we the pretty ones apparently that's another new thing that popped up tony was in a pool and then trapped on his floor now they're back in the castle tony and another genie are chasing each other around the marketplace he has been sold to a person yeah i don't like that either people selling people is just a little no, it's completely wrong, too. Like, just don't do that. That's just weird and wrong and just, no. Okay. He is going to fight Tony. Let's say this episode does not hold up. Nope, it did not. <laughs> Tony was whispered. Bob is having him by his hand. Now they're at a wedding. Jamie was turning to a genie. Tony does not want to get married. But they're talking about this. Uh, it, it, yeah, this show doesn't hold up <laughs> with that. That made no sense to me. Like, apparently back then you would trade people for goats and cows and different things. Which is still very weird. Jeannie is waking, waking up at 4am. Tony says that he is going into orbit. Jeannie is upset. Tony does not remember that he got her friend he got her on the beach this day she wants to go back to the island where he found her body tony upset genie but he has to go to work so the one thing i noticed is tony's like hey genie um you're free now bye and she follows him she literally follows him to his house and she has a fiance i mean like she bought him visible so people could see her and it's like oh boy he was in her shirt. Like, that was it. And I'm like, yeah, no. Tony upset Jeannie, but he has to go to work. Jeannie is asking what dress she should wear. I hate she has to use the mask thing. Yeah, she always calls a mask thing. Or, like, has to smell like 
Yes, master. No, master. And I'm like, nope. I declare wide, but I just don't like it. Jeannie and Tony are having a nice thing. Jeannie Blue. Okay, so I didn't know his name at this point. 5,000 you. He is hungry. Blue Jeannie. Blue Jin. Jeannie is very scared. Blue Jin is the one who put her, her put Jeannie in the bottle for 2,000 you. Blue Jin has been thinking about her for 1,500 you. Tony is trying to fight him. Interesting that Tony is is wearing orange. Blue Jin was all blue. And Jeannie is wearing pink in this scene. Blue Jin turned Tony into a lie. Blue Jin is mad. So I thought it was interesting to like he just started to see color. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird. He's like the color scheme is just all over the place. And I'm like, duh. Like, some people try to, like, have color schemes now, and I was just like, it's all over. But horrible. The bag is huge. Okay, fun fact about, like, the actors and actresses. Barbara Eden was pregnant during the first season. Barbara Eden was pregnant during the filming of the first ten episodes of season one. So if she seems a little more covered up than usual, that's why. The producers had to cover up that baby bump, so they just kept adding layers and veils to Jeannie's costume. Barbara Eden wasn't allowed to show her belly button. Censorship rules in the 60s at the time. I assume the Jeannie was televisualized. We're still pretty um, conservative. So Jeannie's outfits had to be strictly monetized to make sure they were okay to allow on air. The show was already considered to be pretty risque given the nature of its storyline. The show didn't have a theme song until season 2. You know that catchy theme song that just makes you want to get up and dance along to the show's opening? I found these facts online because I wanted to know more about the show just to like, say, yeah, my opinion is it doesn't hold up, but I don't know anything else about the show like I did with Bewitched, where, yeah, Bewitched doesn't hold up, but without it, like, we would not have gotten where we did with, like, witches and wizards. And I think without Sabrina, um, the Teenage Witch, we wouldn't have gotten advanced either. But with this, it was hard to find. Jeannie takes it so even still. Okay. Get up and dance along to the show's opening? As it turns out, that's a tone didn't even exist until the second season by Jimmy Genie. Actually, there are a few differences between the first and second season of the series. The Genie was originally supposed to be more exotic. Sydney Sheldon, the creator of the show, originally wanted to cast a more exotic-looking Genie than Barbara Eden. This is what they are saying. See, this doesn't even hold up, and I'm like, oh, for the love of goodness gracious, really? More exotic? Boy, thanks. You kids, like, I don't think people like to be called exotic anymore, but okay. Like, I'm just shaking my head while trying to get through this. This is because he didn't want to draw away associations with television other magical ladies at the time. Yep, we'll be talking about that. The drama between Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. And yes, they look almost identical. It's kind of crazy how, like, that happened. 
Barbara Eden never wanted Jeannie and Tony to get married. Barbara Eden had some very strong opinions about her character Jeannie. For example, she thought that Jeannie and Tony's marriage in the second season of the show was a terrible idea. In an interview, Eden spoke about her on-screen marriage to Tony. Barbara Eden also played Jeannie's evil sister. In the series, Jeannie has an evil sister. Okay, I'm laughing because Bewitched had sort of the same situation, but instead of an evil sister, it was an identical evil cousin, just with different hair. Yep, that's right. So, like, and Bewitched, I read, started before I came into Glee, so this kind of is, is a little weird to me. Who has the same, but Sabrina did it first. Now it's become like a trend in like magical shows. Sabrina did it in the uh, cartoons and in the uh, all of them now. She was like an evil clone queen type of thing. Something. And now like Bewitched did it and Ijean Jeannie did it and they all did that. And it's just so ironically funny. Except she has brown hair instead of blonde hair. Though it is pretty obvious that Barbara played both characters from Bewitched and kept on to this. Yeah, that happened even with, um, I think that happened with Bewitched as well, from what I read. The pilot of the show was filmed in California. I Dream of Jeannie originally piloted in um, Zuma Beach in Malibu, California. Believe it or not, for being in California, the weather was said to be pretty cold. And all of the coast members were, cast members were forced to put up with it in their costumes. Oh, poor Barbara. Jeannie. Her costume had to be cold. Or hot. Both? I don't know, because it depends on the fabric. This was Barbara's Eden's favorite episode. Barbara is Eden has been asked several times what her favorite episode of the television series was, and her response was always, The Lady in the Bottle. This was the meaning given to I Dream of Jeannie's pilot episode in which we first met the love star, lovely star. Jeannie's storyline changed quite a bit in the series. I Dream of Jeannie, the storyline behind why Jeannie is, well, and Jeannie changes quite a bit. Originally, Jeannie was turned into a genie because of because she refuses to marry Blue Jean. If I am saying his name wrong, you can correct me. I am terrible at saying names. I Dream of Jeannie was the last show to be filmed in black and white. Yep, so like the show had some black and white episodes and then it changed to color. And let me tell you, the color scheme was just wow. Orange, blue, pink. It was just all over. I'm like, it's not bad. It's just so weird. Also, I, I, I don't know. I wanted to see, like, the... I wanted to see the animation more than the actual show because the intros were just so cleverly done. And I'm like, could we have some of that? <laughs> like, Bring the Teenage Witch has multiple animations. And I'm like, could we get some animations on these shows? Because, like, even back then, the animation was done pretty well. And I'm like, dang, could we have done that too? Like, if they decide to redo or, like, remake these shows, it should be in animation form or cartoon or something, because that would make it have a lot more magic and interesting stories. 
The first season of this classic show was the very last season of any network television to be filmed in black and white. The reason that the show was filmed like this was because of budget cuts that made filming in color too expensive. They needed quicker journeys where they grew faster. Remember those iconic memes that Jamie would do each time she granted a wish or used a magic power? The ones where she crosses her arms, points her eyes, and nods her head, and then all of a sudden, poof, the magic happens? Barbara Eden only kept one hat from her time on the show. Surprisingly enough, out of all of Barbara Eden's costume changes on I Dream of Jeannie, the only thing from her wardrobe that the actress kept was a single hat. While we feel sorry for Eden in some ways, the reasoning behind this is pretty fun. I didn't really get anywhere else from it. Bravo never thought her costume was revealing. Surely all I Dream of Jeannie fans can spot Jeannie's iconic Jeannie costume anywhere. Rocking a headpiece and a veil, the character's costume is completed by a sexy two-piece, but some would argue that the outfit is pretty risque. Eden thought otherwise. So by 2021 standards, it is not risque. By that time period standards, it was. I, 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 I've worn more risque things back in the day, and I've seen movies have more risque things in it. None. Larry Hangerman wasn't a stranger to the life and always had an uncontroversial approach to show business. Hagerman was determined to seize an indisputable market in Hollywood in the hopes of falling in and even overtaking the footsteps of his mother, Mary Martin. He started in South Pacific, the Broadway production, I Dream of Jeannie, certainly landed his him his fame, as well as what he did during on the set. I don't know what he did during on the set. All I know is if I'm saying this was right. The bedroom was also pretty heavily modernized. Yeah, so the bedroom situation, if you've seen WandaVision, you will know, like, a lot of the times there was two beds, and then eventually you got one bed. You had to be, like, super careful on TV about the bed, apparently. Because I asked my stepdad why that was happening, and he's like, yeah, that's why. So in, like, older TV shows, you can see separate beds in the same room, or eventually just one bed. It is kind of funny that way. Which was when I Dream of Jeannie was first released. Television was heavily censored. In this series in particular, there were strict rules around who was allowed to be shown going in and out of the bedroom. Yeah, so even going in and out of the bedroom in some shows were a little weird. Have we advanced? Yes. Do we need to still work on stuff? Yes. Is that going to probably be always the case? No. Barbara Eden considered herself to be an expert on lying. Remember in season one of I Dream of Jeannie when there was a lying on set? Well, we all agreed that it would be super cool to work so closely with such a fierce animal. It apparently wasn't Eden's first rodeo. In fact, she seemed to be somewhat of an expert on the creature. So some actors and actresses have to work with animals, from lions to sloths to horses, and some are scared of them and learn how to get over their fears for a role they rarely want. 
I don't know. Someone said, hey, you have to give them their allowance. I'm going to be like, how much you paying me? Because my life is worth more than being even today. And of course, they might do that like one thing they did on Casey Undercover, which I thought was kind of funny. And I don't remember if they did it. It was a vegetarian or vegan, but they were like, I'm a vegetarian slash vegan. I won't eat you or your friends. And I'm like, yeah, that could happen a lot in shows. Genius Bottle is now at the Smithsonian. Ever wonder what happened to the iconic pop and iGenius ring? Well, Genius fucking abolished the bold bottle under the Persian of Barber Eden. Oh, because Barber Eden at the end of the series. For years and years, Eden kept the bottle locked up in a private safe in a bank vault. Yes, so some people will save the prop. So, like, if someone wants to open a museum... I think I read, and I could be wrong, Judy Garland herself had started something like that. Because she's like, well, we need a place for all these props. Because these movies are special. We need, like, a museum or a house or something. And even people back before, I don't know if this was around the same time. But people always thought, like, you need to keep this so, like, it's special to people. So that's why she, like, I feel like a lot of people still do that. A guest appearance, okay, Philip Sexpert made a guest appearance on the show in the 1960s and 70s. Philip was a huge name in the music business. He was a musician, songwriter, and producer that created the Wall of Sound, a music production from formula for a rock and roll. He also happened to appear on iTunes Agent. I don't know if this is true or not. This is what I found. So please don't get mad at me. The Monkees show reference I genius genius a lot. The Monkees a series on NBC that followed the Monkees M O N K E E S band as they tried making a name for themselves in rock and roll. It only lasted a few seasons, but it was pretty fun while it lasted. During the few seasons, the show made plenty of references to I genius genius. <sighs> okay. Let's see where we left off with Lush. Yeah, no, we already did that. <sighs> we. I. Okay. The cast. Okay. The cast all got to meet Buzz A-L-D-R-I-N. Okay, we already talked about it. together, took a California had to launch a, oh no we did not Larry Hangerman's character on the show was an astronaut the entire cast had a pretty cool opportunity together they took a trip to Cape Carnival 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 Florida and Barbara even got to launch a rather rocket which is so cool in her genie costume Less cool, but still kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But that's not all. The cast got to meet Buzz. Along with Neil Armstrong, was the first human to land on the moon. Before this, his Apollo 11 mission, the cast went to dinner, where Buzz came as a special guest and Barbara was honored. 
<laughs> so sorry. I tried to stop, but that didn't happen. Larry found out that the show had been canceled from an unusual source. After five season, seasons, sitcom series I Dream of Genie was canceled in 1970. Apparently, no one told Larry that there wouldn't be a sixth season of the show. This meant he had to find out in a pretty unusual way. That's all I got about that. The two stars were reunited on the set of Dallas I Dream of Genie. Was it the end of Barbara or Larry's career? Nor was it the end of their work together. The two were reunited on screen in the CBS soap opera Dallas, which follows the Ewing family and their oil empire. In the series, Larry played RJ and Barbara joined the cast for a couple of episodes to play RJ's ex-lover who was trying to amass money from him. There wasn't much reference to their time on I Dream of Jeannie except for the time that Eden's character mentioned her maiden name was Nelson. Okay, now let's get to some of this drama I've been hearing about. I was kind of like, wait, there's drama? So, the drama is, or was, I'm not really sure if it still is, but it was between Bewitched and I Dream of I Dream of Jeannie. I don't know why I kept saying her wrong. Which magical sitcom reigns superior. Now let's look. I'm looking at photos of them right now. They are both very blonde. One has blue eyes. And the other I want to say is like light brown. It's what it looks like. And they actually look pretty similar. You could almost mistake them for the same person. You could go through the history of television and you'll find one classic TV show inspiring another. Most of the time, those, okay, this throne are found out pretty quickly by the audience and through low ratings. Okay. Certainly the cast with Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. Bewitched, which ran on ABC from 1964 to 72 starred Elizabeth Montgomery as Samantha, who happens to be a witch. And you can look at my previous podcast for the rest of this. Over at NBC, I Dream of Jeannie ran from 1965 to 1970. So, I Dream of Jeannie was a year after. There is no question that the inspiration for the show came from Bewitched, as well as the Tony Randall movie, The Brass Bottle, in the show, Larry, also astronaut Tony Nelson, who finds his space capsule has landed on a desert island. No doubt you're wondering about the show's similarities, and we're happy to provide the answers in the following. Who had a better way of channeling their magic? On Bewitch, Mantha had two ways of making magic. She would either raise her arms and speak an incantation, which always rhymed with a Dr. Seuss story, is what they're saying. Or more often, she would twitch her nose and make things happen without a word. This no way in doubt caused many conflicts among viewers to try to do the same 
with their faces. I dream of Jeannie. Jeannie would have to fold her arms over each other and blink. So I actually, winner bewitch, Samantha, this is what they're saying, could lose her arms in a horrible accent and still make her nose twitch. So they're saying this, you could decide for yourself. Who had the cooler job? I really, all right, this is pretty much a no-brainer. Samantha says, but Darren, 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 works in advertising and as such is an influencer. That is certainly an admirable job and the guy seems a pretty straight shooter. And we really respect the heck out of him as he brings to a company that he develops. But Jeannie's master Tony is a astronaut, so can we say no more? So they go with him. I actually think it's interesting to compare the two because the two drops are very different. Oh boy. So we're going to talk about the relationship. Oh boy. This is going to be all over the place. One of the most common elements of sitcoms in general is whether or not the leading couple will end up together and in the vast number of sitcoms once they do the antics grows bored and ratings begin to drop be which nip that particular creative challenge in the butt by filming us filling us in on how Samantha Derry met her relationship to him that she's a witch and his expression of continued love with a phrase of living a normal life, ha. So yeah, they have a complicated thing where he doesn't want her to use her powers. But I get, like she tries to obey him in some way. Over on the other side of the face off, you have Tony. Um, as we discussed in the first episode, but his finding Jeannie's bottle at the beach and bringing it home pretty much at the end to it. In the early season, Tony more or less tolerated Jeannie while she was hopelessly devoted to him. Along the way, she continued his life with the use of magic, despite intentions to make things easier for him. However, by the later years, he recognized how much he loves her and the two of them get married as a result. Um, some are saying bewitched. I dream of Jeannie should have been called Fifty Shades of Jeannie? Seriously? That's what you consider that? Okay. I honestly don't think either of them have that great of a relationship. Because, he, like, the one, like, he's like, oh no, I don't want this. Please stop. And he's like, saying, like, don't act like that. And the other it's like, hey, don't show your powers. Don't be part of who you are. But at the same time, Samantha's like, I don't want everyone to know. I just want to be able to use my magic when it's appropriate. Okay, let's see what they have to say. Who had the scarier woman out to expose them? Both series had an element of danger about them in that despite the best lad plan, laid plans on a husband uh, master. Okay, really. There were outer forces threatening to expose what was going on in each household for me, which it was Mrs. Gladys. 
Oh, poor Gladys. Everyone thought she was crazy. The next door neighbor, despite her husband Arner's protest, she spent long periods of time peeking through the blinds of her window. While Junie, it was Amanda Bowers, who was bent on discovering the secret of Tony Nelson, while her husband, Dr. Alfred Bellows, was trying to do the same thing. His efforts weren't played. Who had to deal with the most meddling boss? I don't know much about Tony's boss, but Larry. Larry, Larry, Larry. Just Larry in general. No, I don't like his character. The guy who played him definitely played him well because I'm like, nope, nope, and no. While Tony Nelson had a number of superiors that he needed to answer to at NASA, uh, the biggest foe he faced was resident Dr. Bellows. Bellows knew there was nothing off, something was off about Tony. But every time one of his seemingly antlandish theories was discovered, he went back to business as usual until the next time. Meanwhile, a bewitched daring spa said the advertising company was Larry Tate. And while Larry was pretty clueless about Darren's magical private life, we did get a taste of what would happen if he found out in some sort of storyline. Larry is just so bad. No, just no, no, no. Okay, so let's see. But they did say I dream a genie. And I don't know. Larry was annoying. <laughs> If I have to explain it, I will, but, oh, you would not like my explanation. Who had the Marconic evil twin? Listen, this is what I don't get. The evil twin for both of them had dark hair, like almost identical to each other. It was so odd. Anybody who still believes that there wasn't a healthy dose of influence coming from Bewitched to I Dream a Genie needs to look no further than the caption of the Evil Twins for both shows in 1966. Um, Elizabeth donned a dark wig and became Samantha's cousin Serena in 1967. Barbara donned a dark wig and became Jeannie's sister, also named Jeannie. What's interesting is the difference between the two. Serena comes across more like a spoiled teenager, cooked to create chaos, happy to dance in a go-go boot and outfit. It's an... A, for Elizabeth to just have a little fun, but on IG Genie, Genie 2, is everything that our Genie isn't. Filled with a dark, dark and intent on getting her hands on Tony Nelson to show him who was really the master. Yeah, okay, so, I don't know. They say Jeannie, who had the more beloved addition to their families. A magic baby or a magic dog? Okay, I have not gotten that far, apparently. I mean, undoubtedly we're going to hear about it from comparing a baby to a dog, but with these, okay, so, nope, okay, so I know a lot about Samantha's baby, 
She had two babies. One was named Tabitha, who had magical powers, and then also had a baby named Adam. He had magical powers, and there was a spin-off about it. Yes, I know about the spin-off. I have to look up the name again for you. And there is a spin-off to Bewitched. I don't know if there's one to Ayatrimi Genie. I will look that up next. Or I might not. It depends how long this goes. If you want a part two, I will give you a part two. Part of Bewitched Journey was showing the evolution of marriage through omitting in a comic setting. No kidders for Jeannie and Tony, but her old dog, I'm not even sure, Ding Ding, did show up in lots of chaos and ensured due to the fact that he's a magical dog who can make himself invisible. Okay, I know this is not what this is about at all, but I feel like we should put Sabrina's dog, cat against the dog and leave the baby out of it? Because those are two animals, like that would make more sense. Ding Jing. I have no idea what the dog's name is. This actually comes in handy when Mr. Bella shows up in one episode to pick up things for a charity auction and thinks that the dog is a stray so he, she adopts it. To bring it to NASA, Dee Dee becomes visible and starts attacking anyone in uniform. Turns out the mutt was terrorized by guards 2,000 years earlier and now hates all uniforms. Bewitch, dogs are fun, but because of the dog's temper, I'll go with the kid. Okay, I still don't get this. Why do you have a cartoon when there is no cartoon? Which show had the Cutter cartoon opening or turn it into a cartoon? That would be great. Although early on, I Dream of Genie opened up with a bit of narration and clips highlighting events from a couple of episodes that actually made more sense, it wasn't long before it switched over to an animated opening, which had been a part of Bewitch from the very beginning. Thankfully, both are cute. People say it's a tie. I say it's weird, but which leading man had the better attitude about their new magical lives? Yeah, okay. Darren just wanted to live a normal life, despite the fact his wife, her mother, her fa warlock father, and everyone else in her family was of the supernatural sorts. He wanted to live as mortal, struggling through as part of people did and making things work, over having them not worked on their own. For this part, Tony protested almost every time Jeannie did any magic, whether it was incredible fate or having him float mid-air horizontal as she tried to get all snuggy with him. Either one of them, they're both dopes. It's a tie. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, the growth of them was just not great. Who had the most monster of all mother-in-laws? Uh, I'd actually say Bewitched because, dang, she was crazy. We admit, she kept saying his name like Darwin, and then I thought his name was Darwin. I'm like, I know it's not Darwin. Why is this in my head? We admit that this last one isn't really that fair since Samantha's mother... And Dora, which I love that name, was a part of the show from the beginning, and Tony's mom, referred to as Mother, only appeared in one episode, yet in that three, 30 minute, she does an awful lot to make sure that Tony is getting married, just not to, just not to Jeannie. And on the witchy side of the street, and Dora spent a lot of her time trying to convince Samantha to leave Dum Dum, as she called Darren, or Darren, 
What a nickname. And Dora and Beelich, let's face it, the witch was a real witch. Well, our judges have tallied all of the responses. They're tied. <laughs> to me, they're tied. Uh, and four points for each. They're tied to everyone. I like both the shows. It's just so funny, the coincidence in them. Because, like, I get why people started comparing the two. I know, I'm typing. Tape, 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 tippity tape. So I'm trying to see. Ooh, I also want to see if there's animation. So, if there's not. So I do see something that might be a little identical, but it's just called Genie. And I don't even know if they have episodes. So I'm going to see if they have. I want to see if they have a TV show because, yeah, okay, sure, <sighs> yeah, okay. So it says that there is a, Genie is an American anime television series that originally aired from a 16 episode season on CBS from September 8th to uh, 1973. It was produced by Hannah Barbarin. And it's found in William Han. I think I'm gonna watch this and review it. Some say the 1907 I Dream of Genie animation series. Okay, now I'm curious. Is this one of facts of Genie? It happens to be the first voice acting gig that. So I don't know. That is. It says. Okay, so Genie is based on I Dream of Genie, so I will watch it and review it for all of you. Now I want to see if I Dream of Genie has a spin-off. I'm typing in what I'm telling you. Despite being a spin-off of the television series, I Dream of Genie, Genie has little in common with its... Okay, so apparently Genie is the spin-off. So, um, let's see. Since I told you I find Bewitch's spinoff, it's just called Tabitha. Yep, Tabitha is an American fictional sitcom based off spinoff of Bewitch that aired on ABC. So, uh. Let's type in Tabitha and I'll give you a little information about that because I did tell you. So they both have a spinoff. But one is an animation, which is what I wanted to see. Tabitha is not, which is interesting. But it doesn't have that many episodes. I mean, I've seen it and I was like, no, I want it more. Tabitha means graceful. Okay, so I think that's it. Um, does I Dream of Genie hold up? Not really. But did it do what it did for its time period and actually helped a little? Yes. 
Will I try to review stuff that I grew up with? Yes. Is that going to be problematic? Yes, because I'm going to try to not be biased about it. And boy, when you grow up with a show, it has a different flavor for you. And I want to feel all grown up. And I want to watch the new Rugrats and the old one. And I could just see it now like, oh boy. But I will review different shows. I even will review like Casey Undercover if you want. Like, do these shows hold up? Yes or no? To 2021. But technically, no show really holds up in 2021 unless they have masks or stuff. Or six feet apart. Or online. So it's kind of confusing to say that. Because most shows now have like masks and they're six feet apart and they can't really stand near each other. So I'm going to give it on like a normal basis of what would happen in 2020 normally. Not our problematic things going on right now. Like normal. Like you compared like Bewitched to like Casey Undercover. Where if you try to compare it to Ravensome right now, it would be a little complicated. Like, there's a lot of masks and TV shows and COVID talk. So, I'm doing it more based on what was normal, like 2019 normal, and I'm putting air quotes up. Because nothing's really normal. But I hope y'all enjoyed this. Do I like Ijijin Machine? It's okay. I don't dislike it. I watched a terrible show that I, for Friday New Show Friday, and it was meant to be terrible and it was just so bad and I'm like, this would not hold up at all. And then I watched this other show and I'm like, nope. I used to feel that way about Bewitched actually, where I'm like, it doesn't hold up at all and I don't like it. And then I was like, it's okay. It's not as bad as I thought, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. But I'm a weird person. My favorite thing as a teenager was Pretty Little Liars. And if I have to explain Pretty Little Liars, that's another conversation. That was my favorite. And then, of course, I loved Rugrats, Hey Arnold, uh, Kim Possible. I watched Wizards of Waverly Place while my sister watched Hannah Montana. And if we only had one TV at the time, we would switch who gets to watch what. Then I watch Academy Central, <laughs> so I was a weirdo, and sometimes I'd watch stuff because my family would. Some shows are just okay, some are great, some are good, some are fantastic. Like, I loved iZombie. It was such my cup of tea. It was perfect for me. Might not be perfect for everyone. Do I think this is actually a okay show? It's okay. It's not bad. Does it hold up? Eh. I'm just glad they stopped doing black and white. Cause it, but it might have made it worse. I'm not sure. Because the color... I, I'm glad people like eventually realized like the colors don't match. So we gotta work on that. Okay, I hope y'all had a good time on this podcast. Have a good night, evening, noon, afternoon, wherever you are. Enjoy.